tonight's show is all about being a mompreneur, starting an online business, selling goods. It's going to be lots of fun. We've got culturebaby.com, the founder on live tonight. Really excited to talk to her because she's going to talk to us about uh, shipping, um, buying stuff internationally, all those things that I have no clue about and I'm really excited to learn. So make sure that you stay tuned through the entire 30 minutes. Use the hashtag YFE chat and of course check in on the chat to introduce yourself. so much for watching my fee chat live it's a new episode it's episode 90 only 10 away from 100 i'm so excited we have to decide what we're gonna do for the number 100 it's gonna be super fun i'm your host jennifer dono you can tweet me at jennifer dono uh, as we get going make sure that you check in on the hashtag yfe chat and make sure that you tweet your takeaways uh, i've got the guest twitter name i'll make sure that that goes in our lower thirds and it's also on the yfelive.com website so uh, tonight's episode, episode 90, is brought to you by Ovali TV. Ovali believes in building community through shared experiences. We produce professional live webcasts that bring tribes together. And by MailChimp. MailChimp is the best way to design, send, and share email newsletters. You can get started today at MailChimp.com for free. And then, of course, don't forget to sign up for our mailing list at yfe.me forward slash mailed it. Uh, I sent out one today and I absolutely forgot. Um, DearKates.com, Julie, the founder, she gave you guys, I believe it's 25% off. I should really double check that before I say it. But make sure that you check the email over the weekend. I'm really excited. And let me actually, I'll pull it up and I'll tell you what it is actually halfway through. Um, just to remind you what the, the discount is. We talked about her um, for the collaboration GenCast uh, earlier. She's collaborating with um, Hello Flow, who we also featured on YFE Chat. We featured both of them. She's an entrepreneur that I really look up to. I love, I just love the concept of her line too. I love the branding. I love everything about it. So um, check that out. Uh, I'll come back with it in just a second. So uh, something really fun. I want to bring Stacey um, Harris on at the Stacey Harris. Let's see if we can bring her on because she has, she said on Facebook she had a little surprise for us and I was really excited to see what it was and I knew it. I knew it was going to be your hair. <laughs> it is my hair. Isn't that I fun? lost a, a little bit of it. A little bit of it. <laughs> like you were saying, I didn't, I can't remember what this morning was because I lost inches a and couple, inches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think it totaled out to like just over a foot worth of hair. Yay! Isn't that fun? It's crazy. It's so fun being a girl. It is. <laughs> so, Stacy, I wanted to thank you for participating. I'm totally looking at the wrong camera. Um, I wanted to thank you for participating in our um, power or the power of what's the book called? Power of Glamour. The Power of Glamour. You've answered a lot of our questions in the Bootstrap Book Club, so thank you so much. Everyone, make sure that if you haven't yet, we're on question six, and tomorrow's action item is actually to answer question number seven because it's our very last question and after that Stacey what we're going to do is um, I'm going to ask the entire book club to send me in your favorite book 
Uh, and that's just emailing at j at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. You guys can get a head start. And I'm going to pick like the first 15 or so, and then we'll finish out through 2013 with every day we'll share a new book suggestion from a young female entrepreneur. So I'm really excited about that. Cece, tomorrow you're going to join me for GenCast, right? It's true, I am. I'm excited about that. Not a lie. It's going to be fun. You're going to talk to me about, you're going to talk at me about (laughs) uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook. And um, also, we'll just follow up a little bit on tonight's conversation too. Cool. Um, One thing I do want to say about Book Club before you kick me off is Mm -hmm. that I have not actually read Power of Glamour because I couldn't get my hands on it and I wanted a real copy and I delayed ordering it from Amazon. You can totally still participate in the networking and answering the questions, even if you haven't read the books. So like jump in and connect and share your insights either way. That's a really good tip because it's totally true. People have been doing that. And I think the, I've been trying to uh, make the questions. I think everyone, everyone that's ever hosted it tries to make the questions as broad and um, possible mm-hmm. for people that haven't read the books to get in on it. Um, and of course, the topic is glamour. So it's something that's a little different, something we don't always think about every day. But I think it still applies to your business, whether you're in fashion or not. I feel like there is that stigma there that glamour is fashion, but it's not necessarily true. Especially when so many of us are the center of our brands. Yeah, and the, it's funny because she uses the example of glamour as being like Star Wars or Star Trek too. Like that's glamorous to people. So just an example mm-hmm. that it's not, like I said, all about fashion and luxury and that fun stuff. Yep. So Stacey, we'll bring you back at the very end. Thank you so much. Make sure you guys, where can everyone be tweeting you right now? I am at the Twitter handle, YF Entrepreneur, and use the hashtag YFE chat. I am there talking to you, highlighting your insights, all of that good stuff. So chat with me. Yay. Awesome. Super excited. Thank you so much, Stacey. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about our featured guests. Like I was saying, culturebaby.com founder. She actually reached out to me when I was telling people that I was pregnant and said, oh, you know, congratulations, that kind of a thing. But then I looked at her website because her email address was in there. I was like, oh my goodness, this is super cute. That's what I said in my head. I would never say that out loud unless I was, of course, in front of the camera. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, it is. It's a really cute website, and I got looking into it, and I love the the story behind it and why she founded it. And she's going to tell us more about that in just a moment. But most importantly, I'm totally on like losing all of my tabs now because I'm trying to find daily or the Dear Kate's ad. Um, but most importantly, she travels a, a, a little bit. <laughs> She'll have to elaborate on that a little bit more uh, in just a minute because she's a military spouse, and she loves. This is in her bio. Loves seeking out new global products for Culture Baby and hearing from mothers worldwide about how they celebrate culture with their kids. So it's this online boutique where you can go and purchase goods for your little ones. So Natalia, thank you so much for joining us today, tonight. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So in your bio, at the very beginning, it says uh, (laughs) you put the whole thing down to a fit of postpartum lunacy. So obviously that's not totally the reason why you started this business is just postpartum lunacy. Some days it probably feels like that. But why Why did you move from this idea of I want to be able to provide um, everyone everywhere with a taste of a, a global type of an environment um, and move from that idea into an actual website that sells things? Well, the uh, the idea came to me when when Xavier was about five months old, and I actually uh, I don't know if you guys can see I brought um, the little espadrilles that you can see on the website um, that were given to Xavier when he was three months old. 
Um, and so it just kind of started to gel with me and sink in. And I was kind of at a, at a loose end um, when Xavier was five months. I'd actually been let go from my job when I was eight months pregnant. And I was, <laughs> I was a little bit confused as to what was next for me. It was very hard to put down roots with any company as a military spouse. And I had always been very interested in intercultural communication and how people learn about the world, especially how kids learn about the world. I'd, I'd written a master's thesis on it when I went to school. And, um, and then when I looked at these tiny little shoes, it just occurred to me that, you know, every culture has its own way of celebrating its babies. And wouldn't it be wonderful if a multicultural country like the U.S. could have access to some of these products? And so um, the reason that it was a little nutty was I kind of just dove right in and I ordered myself 400 pairs of baby espadrilles. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> so, so you that, see where the postpartum lunacy might have, yeah, might have fit in. Yeah, it was a little crazy go nuts. But, um, but it started to work and it started, people were responding. And uh, I, I think, you know, in addition to responding to the espadrilles, really responding to the idea that, you know, we're, we're raising the next generation of global citizens and we want to, from the very beginning, kick it off by making, you know, ethical, smart and international decisions as to what we buy for them. Um, and then hopefully sharing that love with them too. You know, we, we're very multicultural people, we're very internationally mobile people, I think, as a, as a, as a country. And, uh, and we want to pass that on to our kids. So, I mean, we were talking, you're saying that you have this mobile lifestyle. What exactly type of travels are we talking about? Now, I read an article recently that maybe it was actually a couple of years old, and it was saying that you were about to go off on um, somewhere, I believe, in North Africa. So, yeah. Morocco, maybe? Yeah, we, uh, we just got back. We were, we were in Morocco from um, October of last year until September of this year. And you started um, your business in 2011. I did, yes. We were in New York at that point. We had, got, we had gotten to New York from Japan. We, when, when my husband and I were first married, we were stationed in Japan. And then we got back to the States. We were in New York, and then we were actually assigned to Tunis. We were supposed to be in Tunis. Um, but I don't know if anyone remembers um, September of last year, it got kind of um, uncomfortable in Tunis. The uh, the embassy was attacked, and so we were evacuated, and we ended up in Morocco for the year. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> At Corey Freeman is saying they're tiny shoes. I know. Tiny <laughs> shoes are just the cutest, right? So... Uh, <laughs> Now, you do, you're doing all this travel and you're starting a business. And I, when I think of retail, I think of shipping and inventory and just a whole other mess uh, than just creating a product, you know, like online, creating an app or offering a service. So how are you able to work internationally? How are you able, what type of systems, what types of tools? How do you do that? Absolutely. Well, I have a business partner, and my business partner was the one who was receiving shipments when I was abroad because trying to deal with the Moroccan Postal Service is a, is a non-starter. Um, we, you know, when we deal with certain companies that have logistics in place, often they have a set system and they're happy to continue using that system, and we need to be flexible with them, and we go with that. But under, uh, under other circumstances, if we're working with a vendor who perhaps has never been in the States before or, you know, is, is exploring, wants to explore new options with us because perhaps they have been in the States but only, you know, via large wholesale shipments, uh, we have a logistics company that we work with, a third-party logistics company, and uh, they make it easy, uh, easier at least, um, to get the products here at a, in a way that keeps them at, a, at an achievable price point for our customers. So, well, that's interesting. And I read the book Delivering. 
uh, <laughs> I read the book Delivering Happiness um, by Tony Shea and um, yeah, the <laughs> Natalia, the producer's trying to tell you to sit back just a bit so that people, you're, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're like, what's going on? I'm leaning in. Cheryl Sandberg told me to. I know. You're doing all the right things. Uh, So uh, here's the the question that I have. So Delivering Happiness, Tony Shea, I always remember this because I love the idea of just starting with small little things. You went ahead and just ordered 400 tiny little pairs of shoes. But uh, Tony Shea said that the founder of Zappos actually uh, put the website out there, said, I sell these shoes, and then... Uh, he would go across the street to a shoe uh, retailer, an in-person shoe store, and buy it at whole, you know, at retail price, and then ship that. And then he got into talking about uh, drop shipping. So, is what you were describing is that technically something? Is that drop shipping? No. Well, what we what we started to do after I I did my 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 crazy idea at the beginning, which was just wholesaling and retailing, it really wasn't sustainable given that we wanted to. We wanted to give people a global selection, and being a small startup business, you know, I couldn't walk across the store and get a espadrille, and then walk across another street and get a, an Irish jumper, and walk across another and get a Moroccan camel. That wasn't possible. So what we've ended up doing is kind of working on an individual basis with our different vendors. We try and go mostly for dropship arrangements. So we work with companies who, you know, sometimes have a U.S. representation. You know, the products are being made overseas, but they're represented in the U.S. And so we work with them to drop ship. Um, when we do that, we do lose kind of what we what we wanted at the beginning, what we were able to do with the espadrilles, which was package them just so and, you know, really brand them in the way we wanted to. But, you know, given that our brand really is Culture Baby and this idea of a global selection, then we, we liked the idea of being able to give different designers, you know, kind of shine a spotlight on them and then give them access to to American customers. So uh, we've been drop shipping a lot more with our vendors, but in certain circumstances, especially with with people overseas, um, the drop ship concept just doesn't work. You know, it, it it makes the product either you know too slow to get there or far too expensive. So um, we have done um, some wholesale in addition. What we're hoping to work towards in the coming months, um, when we get, we're going to launch Culture Baby 2.0, we're going to upgrade the website a little bit. We're actually going to introduce something like a a crowdsourced wholesale model, which is where we'll let people know what we're bringing in, we'll hopefully get them really excited about it, and then let them jump in on the order with us. So if we tell them, hey, we're, we're looking at this new wonderful product that's coming out of Tel Aviv, guys excited about it? place a pre-order now and so then we can go back to the person and say hey that wholesale order for 100 units has just now become 150 so that's just that is crazy to even think about that you're you know you and your partner are are buying products internationally you know you didn't have a a background in retail just to be totally clear so you started off would tell you that I did. I was I was a consummate shopper, but no. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that counts when you're when you're dealing with people in Tel Aviv. So speaking of you know purchasing in Tel Aviv or Morocco, wherever you are, how do you actually first of all find these vendors, and how do you make agreements? Do they do you both speak the same language? Do you have the same cultural? I mean, obviously you won't have the same cultural practices as far as negotiation goes and things like that. How has that worked out? I mean, in so many different ways, you know, you people just point you at things. We've, uh, you know, given the life I've led, um, I, I've been really fortunate to have kind of a, a, a big array of friends. In this past year, you know, very often it was just, you know, somebody would give you something or you'd see something in a store and you'd be like, this is perfect for Culture Baby. And that was the benefit of being in Morocco. That's how I found the um, 
the Moroccan booties that you'll find on the site. Uh, that's how I came across uh, our vendor at Zid Zid Kids that does the eco poofs. Um, and I mean, I even found more vendors when I was traveling that I even didn't have the opportunity because we were swinging through some places. I didn't have the opportunity to work with them as much as I would have wanted to. But, you know, things just come to it, you know, through Twitter. <laughs> a lot of vendors have contacted us through Twitter. A lot of vendors have come to us through Facebook. Um, we do attend uh, trade shows when we can, and we find some vendors that way. And other things are just word of mouth. You know, you, you open yourself up to different possibilities. And, and as long as you're willing to kind of, you know, be flexible. And I, I, I suppose if I had one thing coming into this, I had no retail background, but I'd always kind of thought that, you know, my life would prepare me to be a, a good diplomat. And so you can kind of adjust to people's working relationships and just have a face-to-face. -face. And, and, you know, that those face-to-face -face communications are very meaningful. And Skype is very useful in that too, because now that I'm states-based again, you know, I can, I can Skype with, you know, I was on Skype the other day with the, um, the woman who sources our Colombian sweaters that are new to the site. So, see, all of this is really breaking stereotypes for me because I think of a number of military spouses do follow YFE and they tend to offer services and things like that. Um, but I just I never thought that that would be something possible where you could actually sell goods online and travel and travel in the manner that you do too, where it's internationally and you're moving your family around. You have a small child. And so I just, I think it's very inspiring to see that you wanted to do it and you just found a way to do it and you work things out, you researched. So in that, in that spirit, uh, as far as startup costs go, because, you know, you actually have to buy inventory here, right? I mean, what does in that look case, like? Yeah, in some cases we do and in the beginning I did. But as I say, you know, that, you know, my initial purchase of espadrilles was like a big chunk of, of the money I had put aside. And this was all self-financed. So I, you know, my husband and I looked at it as kind of my do-it-yourself MBA. Like this was the money and I was going to make it work. And, I love and that. Your do-it-yourself MBA. <laughs> That's good. So, you know, if, if it, and, and we said like, look, if it all falls to pieces, you know, at least I've learned something and, you know, it, but it was a hefty chunk of change for us and, and the big portion of it went to the initial purchase of inventory and it just, it occurred to me, you know, very shortly thereafter that, okay, Natalia, that was a little bit naive. Um, you know, given what you wanted to do ultimately, you know, I just thought that I could sell them a pace to be able to bring on another product right away. And in the world of e-commerce, you got to be presenting something new all the time. So, um, no, I mean, the, the, the money outlay for the inventory at the beginning was, was what turned me towards drop shipping. And when we drop ship, we, we simply, we, there's less overhead there and we're able to simply take a, a cut of the sale once it's made. Um, and you know, in that in that way, you know, it's been wonderful too because we're working with so many different entrepreneurs. Who what we're hoping to do is they're working in a very very niche market, like making Indian block print baby blankets. Well, hopefully, what we're offering them is this global marketplace where your block print blanket can be next to a you know an Irish sweater, but you know, in that way, your the the uniqueness of your product really shines through, and also hopefully we're bringing in the audience that's just interested generally in raising global kids and wants to know what's out there. But um, I'm not sure that that answers the question about the money. But it didn't. So how much? <laughs> how much? Because I've the only reason why I'm asking this is because I read it online already. I know how. What type of price point did we look at? I mean, in the in a range, did you have to? Put forward. You say this is your personal savings. What was that? Yes, that was uh, that was about twenty thousand dollars. Okay, yeah, you didn't have to just come out with a straight number. You could have just done a range. But <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that was, it was about twenty thousand dollars. Okay. So. 
Yeah. But, you know, I think that's awesome that you compared it to your personal MBA because that's exactly what it is. It's real life experience and you're able to get out there and play with it. And I love that you have, I mean, like you said, you're going into 2.0. You were able to play with something and see if there is a market out there that's interested in these products. And so now you're able to build on that and make a change, too. So, I mean... To get not to get too far into the the retail space and bring it back into more of the marketing that everyone can relate to, you've gone after a very competitive market and one that is kind of mysterious to a lot of people, right? This idea of the mommy market, the people that uh, look for their clothes, like you said, we're we're raising a global, um, a global. What, what what exactly did you say? How did you put that? The next generation of global citizens. The next generation of global citizens. And so why did you choose to go the kid route versus like Nakate, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, Shanley Knox. Uh, a lot of you in the New York City wifey NYC will know of who she is. She has done something similar where she's bringing in uh, jewelry from um, different locations in Africa, I believe, and then uh, wholesaling it and selling it to these high fashion brands and making it a very high fashion type of a piece. So why did you choose the kid route? Uh, well, I, I love that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a sucker for all of that stuff. I think it's brilliant. Um, and the reason I went with kids, A, because that was the initial inspiration. You know, for me, I had been, you know, studying. I did international relations in, co- in college, and then I, I wrote a master's thesis in Georgetown about how we can internationalize elementary school education. I've always been really interested in, you know, where we start teaching people about the rest of the world. Like, um, this is kind of a, I mean, taking it really far back. When I was, when I was um, 12 was when I moved to the States for the first time. I was, I, I was born in the UK. And I remember I moved to the States and a lot of my new classmates were asking me like, oh, did you live in London? Did you live near the Eiffel Tower? And and it was just kind of like weird to me that's like, how could you, you know, that I was very confused as to how little um, people in my new country knew about people from my old and vice versa. I mean, the, my friends in England like had a completely skewed idea. I mean, I was moving to New York and they were convinced I was moving to the set of Saved by the Bell. You know, and so, um, and I was always very intrigued by this idea that at the child level, you know, it's just kind of this misunderstanding. But as we grow, it kind of festers into this like ignorance, suspicion, all the way to hatred thing. And so the, 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 the real root of what we're trying to do at Culture Baby is engage kids with the world from the very beginning. And if we can do well, we really want to grow it in, to be Culture Kid. And at Culture Kid, we can actually talk to the kids directly. I, I want a kid to get as excited about the fact that their t-shirt comes from Kenya as they would be about the fact that their t-shirt has uh, my kids into Thomas the Train. It's Thomas the Train, you know, like that. Yeah. That gets them as excited, and they can tell you that, oh, my T-shirt is from Kenya, and they speak this language in Kenya, and the capital is Nairobi, and that, and and that's what I want to get them excited about, you know. So that was why I started in the kids space, and that's still what really matters to me is 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 in introducing this idea that there's so much more out there and that they there, I want to inspire I mean, that curiosity. In that sense, is there a lot of competitors, other people out there that are doing something similar to you as far as children and international products go? Um, there is, one I admire greatly is the tea collection. 
Um, I don't know if you, if anybody has bought for children from Tea Collection. It's it's beautiful. I would never tell you not to shop there. It's gorgeous. I shop there myself. Um, what they do is that every season they um, they go out and they get a new uh, country inspiration. So I think this season it was China, and a previous season it was uh, Spain. And so they they kind of infuse that culture into their design, and then they design the products themselves, and they had them made. And they're beautiful things. The only difference that that we're doing is that you know we're going to different different design sensibilities and straight at the source. So it's not like we go to Spain and then design the products. It's rather we're going to Spanish designers and say, you know, what are what are you, you know, interpreting for children? Like what is your cultural interpretation of where you live and how are you presenting it to the next generation? So that's the difference there. And I think there's a few um, companies out there that are catering, you know, there's a, there's a lot, as you were saying, people who bring in jewelry and decor items from abroad, and a few of them have broached the kids' space, but I think we're the only ones that are really looking at it in so far as, you know, what, what can this, what, how can this teach us to share a love of global diversity with our children? So Ursula Reynolds uh, at Ubrin, she's asking about uh, press for your products. Uh, so if you go to culturebaby.com, culture everyone, and you click on press, it says, as seen on The View, talking about the mommy market. That is definitely somewhere that I'm sure a lot of people with products uh, geared towards mom moms would love to be. So how did you make that happen? We've had a lot of almost successes and near misses with press. <laughs> the, view, <laughs> the View space, the View thing was like we were beside ourselves excited and then it comes to the end of the spot and we realize that um, Soleil Moonfry, who was using our baby espadrilles to announce that her third child was going to be a boy. Oh, I watched that one! Yeah. She's, she's, I mean, she's been a big supporter of ours and it's wonderful, but she didn't say the company name. Oh, no! So it came to the end of the spot and I'm, I'm on Twitter furiously going like, the espadrilles are ours! They're ours! You know, People Magazine is tweeting about her gender reveal and I'm That just, was a big deal. And nobody knew where they were from. Oh, so no. that was, was one of our near misses. Another near miss is we actually did get a call from the Today Show to appear on the, one of their mompreneur stem, uh, um, segments. Um, also, as a, as a result of our connection with Soleil Moonfry. And unfortunately, oh, I watched that one too, but you, were, yeah, you weren't on they there. They rescheduled us. So fingers crossed, please, everybody. Fingers and toes crossed that they'll reschedule it because we'd love to go on. Oh, I hope you go on. That's so funny. Ugh. I don't yeah. really, that was uh, the Soleil Moonfry one on the Today Show I know of because Erin Condren was featured on there and it was all about women on her website. And then um, the View one, I totally was watching that at the gym and was, I actually, was, I remember we your shoes too. I remember those shoes. I cannot believe they didn't say who made them. Oh, that's too bad. I know Barbara Walters was holding them and everything and I was, I was, I, I mean, you want to talk about crazy go nuts? I was pulling my hair out. Oh no! So. <laughs> you tell all your family my product's gonna be on the view. <laughs> then, oh, I know. I know. Well, that was actually it was a very big surprise. We we found out about it when it came on. Like that was it. We we had no advance notice. So. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's well. Maybe it's a good thing then that she didn't say anything because then your website <laughs> might have gone down. I mean, let's let's go ahead and turn uh, lemons into lemonade with that one. Yes. So um, just to finish up stuff, uh, being a mom and one that's a military spouse, 
so you talked about Culture Baby 2.0 and moving the business into a bigger space. What, as far as your aspirations uh, go, what do what do you want this to be? Do you do you see yourself as being that CEO that goes into the office and has a team of people and is fulfilling um, all over the world, and you have a big warehouse, or do you see this staying as a small lifestyle business? No, I mean I. I I, when I started the business, it was my hope. I mean, obviously, my husband and I weren't just throwing away that money. You know, it was it was. I mean, I, I say that it was my my personal MBA, but at the same time, it was an investment in this, and um, I needed to return said investment. And so, um, I don't necessarily want to move uh, into a big, you know, corporate space or anything. But I certainly am interested in in trying out some pop ups and considering a brick and mortar space, especially in DC, where I am now. DC, I think, is a really vibrant. Community. Community and I, I think it would, it really would love to have a space, um, a store like Culture Baby that could present mothers with you know kind of items that uh, you know allow them to continue to live a stylish, vibrant, cultural life even with kids. You know, like it doesn't just because you're having a baby doesn't mean everything needs to be festooned and pink frillies. You know that yeah. that Culture Baby could uh, could offer that. And I'd also love it to be a space, um, which I haven't found in many places here in D.C., where uh, a mom could nurse, change, um, and otherwise, you know, spend time with her baby out in the town. Um, I'd love it to be that. Um, and I would, it would just be wonderful to have a, sh- a showcase, almost like a little store attached to a, a small office. I would love to start employing women around the world, other women like me. I'd love to find, you know, internationally mobile spouses. You know, a lot of a lot of women these days have husbands that, you know, are the main breadwinner. And when he up and says, "Hey, my big banking job is moving us to Zurich," it's like, well, that's all very exciting, but that kind of that's a real career killer for a lot yeah. of women. And I would I would love um, I would love to be a, a, a preferred employer for those kinds of people where we could we could get women to scout for us to correspond for us to blog for us and that we could compensate for that uh, them for that and uh, I would love to be able to have distribution centers so that we could easy, have it be easier to facilitate um, shipments to different people around the world because right now you know we're sort of a one way supply chain products from elsewhere to the states and then just out to our to our purchasers and it's it's a little harder and a little impractical for example when you're having uh, some a customer who's ordering in Italy a product that came from France and then went to America and, and then back to Italy. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not eco-friendly either. No, not it's, exactly. It's, it's a high carbon footprint. So, you know, there's a certain level to which I want to take it. But I think if, um, if getting fired at eight months pregnant teaches you anything, it's kind of like, you know, corporations have very little soul. And um, I, I don't want to run one of those. I want to run you know, a company with, with heart and really stays true to its mission. So, Well, I feel incredibly inspired after speaking with you. I loved your story. I loved everything about it. And I hate to end on this note, but I really want to know, because you, <laughs> you carry spirit hoods on your website. And so they were featured on Shark Tank over the weekend or on Friday. I say over the weekend because I watched it on Hulu Plus later on. Uh, and Mark Cuban was saying something like, oh, that price point is impractical. And people are saying, this is a trend. Yet you're sold out on your website. So I wanted to know just like the dish behind it as being someone that sells their their apparel. Was it something that was popular? Was it something you were proud of carrying? Are you able to it tell us any of that? popular until fairly recently. I can't attribute it directly to, you know, their um, their Shark Tank appearance or anything. But um, we we bought them quite a while ago. and uh, And they've only just sold out. 
So um, no, but I mean, a lot of people. I mean, the the price point I thought was was decent given the quality of the product, and that, that's I that's all. So too. Yeah, what we're what we're looking for is you know products that you know they they merit it. I mean, everything about the product says you know if if if, if you really want a product that's you know lo looks like that at you know fourteen ninety nine, it's going to have to be made at a factory in Bangladesh that you yeah. don't want. On there, you know that's just simply all it is, and we really want to emphasize the provenance of products. We want to emphasize the authenticity of them. We want to be very transparent, and that's what that's what Culture Baby 2.0 is really going to try to do. It's going to sort of really cast the spotlight on the people behind the products and and who's making them. Um, well, the so. products are so cute on here. Hopefully, everyone will check it out. It's it's culturebaby.com. And where can everyone find you after this as far as Twitter and Facebook goes, so mm -hmm. that we can keep in touch and make sure that we know when this new website uh, launches too. Yeah, absolutely. We're at Culture Baby, at C-L-T-R-B-A-B-Y, not the full one. Somebody in England snatched that I up. I know, I hate. saw that. I was like, bummer. <laughs> I can't get it off her, I know. Um, so, yeah, we're at C-L-T-R-B-A-B-Y. Um, I'm, I'm on, you know, you can find me on, on uh, Facebook. It's just uh, at Facebook.com slash Culture Baby. And we're on, we're not on Instagram. <laughs> we should be, but we are on Pinterest. So please do come see you us. You should on be on Instagram. I've heard from oh, so many so retailers, they put something up on Instagram and it sells. Yeah. Silly. I know. <laughs> and you plus, know, I, I love Instagram. I, I should just say that I spend a lot of time on Instagram. And so you, know, sometimes you do whatever you want. So much bandwidth. We're, we're focusing our energies on, on Pinterest right now, but you're very right. I know you're very right. Well, is Pinterest something that uh, – I'm totally, like, rambling here. But is Pinterest something that's effective for you guys? Yes, very. Well, that's good to know. So you put something up. Do you just pin, like, your actual – the items that you carry on the website? Yeah. Or do you and, get creative uh, with it? In my, in my experience, if you pin them and you also make sure that you put the price point on there to begin with, um, that that's, that's more effective than not. Um, we had, you know, it doesn't always help with sales, but it does help with traffic. You know, we especially if a if a um, a blogger um, pins your products. We had Design Mom pin some of our products, and it definitely helped with traffic. I haven't even know, thought products. about that. Having like prominent people on Pinterest, getting them to pin your products. What makes someone come over to your website and pin items? themselves onto their boards sorry I know I'm trying to I should have like wrapped this up a while ago <laughs> I just I have more questions I could be asking you so Natalia thank you so much for for coming on tonight everyone check out culturebaby.com I'm so honored thank you you guys all right so we've just been watching Natalia she's the founder of culturebaby.com her and her partner ship items around the world that are purchased from around the world wasn't that inspiring I feel really inspired as far as just what's possible out there what's to come in the future how we can make changes and how we can really uh, change and affect the way that we raise our kids even and their their knowledge of uh, the world around them and as far as like their clothing goes just simple things that you probably don't think of on a daily basis so uh, you've been watching YFE Chat Live. This is episode 90. Make sure that you go to youtube.com forward slash YF Entrepreneur. Uh, subscribe to us over there and there's a ton of other episodes or of YFE Chat. There's also GenCast Live, the daily live webcast that you can watch. Um, like I was saying earlier today, uh, Stacey Harris at the Stacey Harris is going to be my guest tomorrow. It's at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on YFELive.com. It's